This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And let's start the show with a quick Edna update. Uh, Edna is is uh, is our dog. Uh, uh, she's a Japanese chin. She's a puppy still. She's just turned 11 months. A couple few weeks ago, well, let's see, I guess it's about a month now <clears throat> ago, or three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, on a Sunday night, I took Edna out for her you know, 10 o'clock evening walk, and... Through the course of that, she, uh, a dog that was not on a leash, thanks a lot, asshole, uh, and the guy was walking his dog without a leash. dog came up and, I won't say exactly attacked Edna, although it's kind of, that's what it was. I think it wanted to play, uh, because if it was really wanted to hurt her, you know, dead Edna. Uh, as it turns out, um, you know, she's, she did have, uh, uh, an injury to her eye, and so we, you know, we, we took her into the vet for the initial look at her, put her on some meds, uh, and and then the next week we came, you know, came brought her back in, and she's doing fine. Keep her on the meds. Let's take a look at her again next week, and I brought her in, and that was this this past Tuesday. She's now off all of her meds. The eye is healing up very nicely. Uh, the doctor was able to tell me that she could see that there were two punctures on her eye, not just one, uh, but they're both healing, and the uh, the corona of of her eye is healed up very nicely. So she says now that the the body is going to just start to hopefully pull out some of whatever you know debris, as it were, uh, left over in the eye from the attack, and just kind of clean it out and clear out the in her eye. She thinks that. Uh, she should have a, a very, if not full recovery, very nearly full recovery of that eye. So, and there shouldn't be any real problems with her seeing. And she's back to herself. She wrestles with us. She has fun, and she does these long walks. That's like she used to do. And so, great. <laughs> um, so that's that's you know, it's it, a few more vet bills than I had expected there to be because we did have the one appointment again. Thank you, asshole, for not walking your dog on a leash. But. Uh, at least uh, she's alive, and she seems to be just fine. Something interesting, though, happened uh, just after the appointment. I saw something that uh, I'd never seen before in my life, and frankly, I hope to never see again. I didn't know exactly what it was when I saw it at the time, but news reports clued me in as to what was going on. Uh... Edna and I got out of the uh, out of the clinic. Uh, the clinic itself is on this fairly busy intersection. Uh, 
the, the main street that goes across this intersection is two lanes going both ways. And so it's, it's pretty busy. And, uh, and then I went out, uh, did a little walk before I brought her, you know, to, I was going to take her home and then go back to work. And I heard sirens. And so I look off and I see coming down the, the busier of the two streets on the intersection was a police car coming, uh, you know, in the direction, heading toward the animal clinic that we just uh, left. And uh, the, the sirens, the sound, you know, turns off as soon as he got to the intersection. So I thought, oh, something's pretty close. And then I heard another siren and another and another and another. And saw other police cars coming from the same direction and doing the same thing. As soon as they got to that intersection, they turned off the sirens. And I thought, okay, something's definitely going down. So I put Edna in the car and I locked it up and put her in there. She, it was not hot out or something like that. It wasn't going to be hot in the car. It was actually, we're wearing jackets now because it's, it's cooled off enough up here. And uh, so I just, I walked the approximately, you know, 50, 75 feet to the, to the corner and, and just, so I'm on, you know, this, I'm standing on the corner right next to the animal clinic that we were at, looking across the street, and I see there is, there are at least half a dozen police cars, probably more, more are coming. Uh, eventually a fire engine shows up and an ambulance shows up. And across the street from the animal clinic is a tobacco shop, and next to that is a, is a small apartment building, maybe has about four or six units or something like that. It's hard, it's hard, hard to know for sure. And next to that is a house. And all those police cars are on that side of the street. There's uh, officers outside of their cars. Two of them that I could see were holding their rifles and aiming them toward the apartment or the house. I couldn't tell exactly from my perspective. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Straight across the street from me, though, right in front of that tobacco shop, were two police officers helping a young man walk along. And uh, the, the young man was uh, dressed in jeans and a blue t-shirt, and they were helping him. And I noticed uh, on, the, on the front, on his front, on his belly, just in this abdomen area, lower left abdomen area, on the shirt, I could see it was dark. You know, he had a light blue shirt on, and it was a dark stain or something on that lower part, left side of his belly. And I, uh, was it the right side? Might have been the right side. Because I think of it now. Yeah, it was the right side. Sorry. Sue me. Anyway, <laughs> they, uh, the, the two officers eventually took his shirt off, uh, and, and, I could, and they got him to sit down on the ground. And he sort of he sat, and then he leaned over to one side, and he, and he kind of he's, he turned his t upper torso toward the ground, so he, and he was bracing himself, and I could see his back, and I could see there was some red on that uh, the on the corresponding side of the back, uh, you know, corresponding with that stain that was on the on the front, on his lower right, lower right of the back, lower right on the front. And it, it, I don't know, but I could. It was hard to tell. The one police officer, officer was sort of in the way, and I didn't want to call over and say, "Hey, excuse me, can you move? I want to see what's going on here." No, no, no. They were attending to this fellow, and uh, um, I thought, well, it's red, it looks red to me, but it could be a tattoo. I don't know. These days, you know, everybody's got a tattoo. Everybody and their mother, uh, except for me and my mother. Uh, anyway, 
one of the things that the guy, well, the one thing that got, I heard this young fellow say over and over and over to the police officers, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Well, I, I didn't want to hang out for too much longer because uh, Edna's in the car. I got to get her home. I got to get back to work. So I, you know, I, I did just that. There was a bit of a traffic snarl. The police were beginning to block off that that, that section of the of the of the busy street, and they were redirecting the cars on the on the cross section, you know, through the intersections and, and redirecting them. One guy came around, and the fire engine had already had shown up and was parked alongside, but not right up at the curb. And a guy turned. And it was kind of behind the, the fire engine. He didn't know what to do. There was oncoming traffic was being directed the opposite direction. And the guy stepped out of his car, puts his hands up, says, I'm not doing anything. And the officers explained to him, no, no, get in your car and drive it out of here. And they, so the guy got in his car and they tell him, go forward, go forward. Because he had room to get by the fire engine and the oncoming cars. He had room. I, I don't really blame the guy. I'm sure, you know, this isn't something that uh, that most people deal with every day. Where they pull up to an intersection, there's police all over the place, some of them with rifles drawn, and there's a guy on the corner wondering if he's going to die, and there's a fire engine there, and it's just like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Is he just listen to the police officer tell you, just go through, go through. There was a guy blocking me as I was trying to pull out of the parking lot. He was blocking me, and all he had to do was move up a little bit, and I could have gone around behind him and took off the other way, but... A police officer came over to him and said, back it out of here, back it out of here. Tells the other two cars that were in front of him, back up, get out. And so I was able to leave. I got back to work, related the story to the uh, to my co-workers and to Amy, and uh, who was also a co-worker. Uh, and uh, I was thinking, well, let's, let's watch the news tonight or ask Dad to check the paper tomorrow and see what information there is. There was nothing in the paper the next day. Uh, and the nightly news that we watched uh, didn't have anything, but one of my coworkers was able to uh, um, sp spotted the story on one of the other local channels that uh, we just had. Uh, he got home quicker than we did, and um, he saw the news, and we didn't see that. He sent the link to it, and I'll put that in the show notes, which you can get to by going to dimland.com and click on the show notes slash blog option. You can get to that, and you know, I'll put it in there. Uh, turns out. At least from the story that I was able to find on the internet when I did some more searching, was that uh, uh, the guy that was saying, "Am I going to die? Am I going to die?" was shot. He had been shot, as well as a dog. I don't know if it was that guy's dog. I think it was. This uh, a dog got shot, and so it, in the initial article that uh, the friend that I work with sent uh, to me. Um, it was just two paragraphs, and in that it said that uh, it sent the guy to the hospital and the dog to a veterinarian. That's how they put it. Uh, in a follow-up article that I was able to find, it said that um, uh, both were both the man and the dog were expected to recover, so that's good. That'd be really scary for the guy, having been shot, um, and I'm sure scary for the dog. Uh, both were said they were, were going to recover, and uh, as coincidence would have it, uh, the guy went to the hospital, and the and the police brought the dog to the veterinary clinic across the street, which is just where I was. I think the vet. Uh, I'm gonna next time I see her, I'm gonna, if I remember, I'm gonna ask her, did you treat that dog? Because <laughs> I think she was the doctor on staff that day. She must have treated the dog. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that's. I've never seen somebody who's been shot. 
as far as I know. And I don't ever want to see somebody, especially in the immediate aftermath of being shot. I may have met somebody who who served uh, in 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 our, you know in the armed forces in Iraq or Afghanistan or something and had been shot, and I just never knew. I may have you know seen them, but I I didn't know. Uh, but this is the first uh, occurrence of such a thing for me. I hope it's uh, the only because that's that's uh, it's just it was it's disturbing. Uh, I may have talked about this before, but I'm going to use this to, to dovetail into a little um, into a little uh, um, research run that I went on, uh, and that is uh, the uh, the sitcom Beverly Hillbillies came on TV in the 1960s, and it was uh, uh, it was a pretty popular show. You know, it's a show, it's a show about uh, uh, Jed Clampett, who is a fellow from I don't know Tennessee or something, and he, uh, the land that he owned, oil was discovered on it, and he became super wealthy. So they moved out to California and lived in Beverly Hills. And one of the things about that that particular sitcom that I always found interesting was that it had a certain continuity to it, that. It, it wouldn't be just because it was. It wouldn't be like um, a two-part episode sort of thing. It would be there'd be a little sn- uh, sn- uh, nugget of a story about a character that would follow through to other episodes. Uh, for, uh, specifically, Granny, the old matriarch of the family. She uh, she learned that uh, a boyfriend of Daisy May, the daughter, uh, Jeb's da- daughter. He, she learned that uh, uh, a fellow that she was dating uh, was a frogman, and she, Granny, thought literally he's a frogman. He's you know he didn't realize that no he's in he's he's in the navy, and he's part of a diving team. and They call themselves frogmen. So and you know and that was that became a running thing for a few episodes, and that was interesting that, that they would do that because uh, usually sitcoms are just bottle episodes. It just happens, and it's never referred to again, and the story that happens, and it's never referred to again. You know, I mean, somebody that I know just posted something about My Three Sons. That was a long-running series, and uh, there was the three sons at the beginning. There was Mike, uh, Rob, and uh, Chip were the three sons, and then uh, when, they, when, the sh- when the show switched to color, apparently, when that made that that switch, all the TV shows switched to color at some point. Uh, Mike had been married off, and he left the show. He got married. He's the oldest son. He got married and left the show, and was never heard from again. And they brought in Ernie, who is actually the actor is the brother of the actor plays Chip. They brought him in, and he became he was adopted into the family so that the number of sons remains three when actually it's four but Mike again was gone and never mentioned again never I mean uh, Rob got married in a big time episode there were children were had <laughs> and Uncle Mike is you know out of sight out of mind so anyway and I know I've, I think I've mentioned this on the, on the show before, where 
and the Beverly Hillbillies, they did something that is actually sort of um, uh, sort of a skeptical lesson. It's very subtle, or maybe not so subtle. It's it's not. It wasn't intended. I don't think to be a skeptical lesson, but it's it's funny. It was intended to be funny. Now the show, you know, Jed Clampett has a few million dollars, and they have their money in this bank. That Mr. Drysdale is the president of that bank, and Mr. Drysdale tries to find ways to make even more money off of Jeb's money. You know, to make more money for Jeb, and and that way he has more money in the bank, and you know he does better. And he's always, you know, there's always little schemes or something, and, and he's he's supposedly the smarter uh, person because these hillbillies are all a bunch of rubes, right? But they tend to be wiser or something. I don't know. Jeb seems to be very wise, although you know they 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 call a their swimming pool the cement pond. I mean, really, <laughs> you 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 don't know what swimming pools are. <laughs> But anyway, there's an episode in which it's it's uh, 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 Mr. Drysdale finds out that Granny has a has a, uh, uh, a a medicine that she makes medicine in quotes that she makes that cures the common cold. It's a surefire cure for the common cold. Uh, it just you just take some of down. I don't know if you take it every day or if you take one dose of it. I can't remember, but it's just this whatever this tincture that she's she's come up with, uh, folk medicine, and uh, and it cures the common cold. Uh, you know, Jeb says, "Oh yeah, surefire works every time." And Mr. Drysdale's like, "You could you could make millions off of this." Yeah, this, 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 you know, people have been, science has been looking for the cure for the common cold for forever. And the reason why there isn't a cure for the common cold is because the common cold is a whole bunch of different colds. It's a rhinovirus, I think it is. And it's just, they're, they're, they're different. They're, you, you know, once you've gotten one rhinovirus and a cold from that, the chances of getting that same cold from that, you know, the, getting it from that same virus again become lower because your body has built up some immunity to it. Not, I'm not. I'm not an expert on it, but that's as I understand it. So anyway, so the episode just follows you know, this whole idea of getting this this thing to market, and that when finally it's revealed, the the that the the cure maybe really isn't, and you know, Mr. Drysdale sees it that way because uh, what we find out is that you take Granny's, you know. Surefire cure, and in seven to ten days, that cold will be gone. Works every time. Well, if you took nothing in seven to ten days, a cold will go will run its course. That's just how it is. And when Mr. Drysdale hears that, he realizes, oh, this thing doesn't really do anything. It's just you're you're getting better on your own. Oh, okay. And that to me is a little bit of a skeptical thing where not doing something just lets the body heal itself. You know, like uh, homeopathy is giving somebody nothing. You're not giving them any medicine. You're not giving them any of the active ingredient that's supposed to alleviate their pain or help them sleep or you know, uh, um, uh, lessen their anxiety or, 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 or um, you know, get rid of a, 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 an allergy attack, you know, something like that. It's it doesn't do anything, and when you get better, 
it's just because the body got better. The body did it. Or maybe you were taking something that's actually shown by science to work, uh, and that worked. You know, but and people give credit to the homeopathy stuff, and I will get back to that later. So I thought that's a cool uh, skeptical lesson that these miracle cures aren't necessarily miracle cures. Uh, let's see. Oh, gee whiz! I've talked to. My first break. My goodness. Look at that. My first break. Uh, what I'll do is I'll go to the break and I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about Granny, at least, and a little uh, skeptical rabbit hole I went down just recently. So you're listening to, Z uh, to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I shall return, uh, you know, after this break. Listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. This station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Dimland Radio, or I'm back, and if you're still listening, you're back. Uh, and this is uh, Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network, ztalkradio.com, and your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm coming to you once again from the basement of Nostalgia Zone. This seems to be the place I'm going to be recording this, at least for the time being. And uh, as long as I'm doing that, I do a little ad for Nostalgia Zone, because why not? Uh, NostalgiaZone.com is the website. We sell comic books and magazines. Uh, you can go to our website and sign up as a as a member, and you can save 10% on your purchases. You can earn points toward future purchases, which will save you even more money. Uh, you should check it out. We've got a good selection of Silver Age, Bronze Age, Marvel, or Modern Age comic books, Marvels, DCs, 
We've got Dell, D Disney, Archie, uh, Harvey's. We've got all kinds of comic books, classics, illustrated. Whatever you might be into, check out our website, nostalgiazone.com. And, uh, you know, part with that hard-earned money. My kid needs to go to college, damn it. <laughs> I need a job. Anyway. So, uh, that whole granny thing, uh, or the... Um, Beverly Hillbillies a little bit there. Wanted to use that to transition into talking about Granny, or more the actor who played Granny. Her name was Irene Ryan. Uh, Irene Ryan was about sixty when the show started. Uh, she was about yeah. So so she's really only like three years older than I am. <laughs> granny <laughs> when this show started, you know, because you know how old Granny looked. <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> now, uh, Irene Ryan, I guess, worked in radio. Uh, before then, she had done some movies and some other stuff. She, I think she worked with Burns and Allen, uh, George Burns and, and Gracie Allen. Uh, she'd done other, she's done other stuff. And uh, in 19, when she was about 20, she was born in 1902. When she was 20, she married a comedian named Tim Ryan, and that's where she got her last name, Irene Ryan. Now, prior to that, according to Wikipedia, her last name was Norblet. Or sorry, Nor yeah, Norblit, Norblet, or Norblet. Uh, Norblit with an I, uh, Norblet with just one e, and or Norblet with one e, two t's, and another e. Okay, <laughs> I'll link to the Wikipedia page so you can check it out. Uh, go to the show notes to find all that. Um, so that was that was her her maiden name. Now these are important elements to remember here, and the reason I bring it up is someone on Facebook, and I do thank them for being tolerant of me because it set me off on this little rab you know going down a rabbit hole trying to figure out is what's being presented true. So what the person posted was a picture of a young uh, actress. A uh, young woman, uh, very, very pretty, um, and uh, and there was an insert within that photograph of Granny, the character Granny from Beverly Hillbillies. And the claim was that this young woman was Irene Ryan, who is the actor who plays Granny. Okay, so that was the claim, and I... I, I, I am, I've never been diagnosed of being one of these things, but uh, I think I might be, and my wife is certain that I am. There are people that are called super recognizers. We uh, People who are super recognizers recognize people's faces from just brief meetings. Uh, it just or or they can they can spot uh, you know like famous people that you know as adults and they can see a picture of them as a kid and they can see the they can recognize the adult and the kid or you know or the kid and the adult whichever um, they can see that uh, there's and Amy would say this you know lots of times when we watch movies I go I'll, I'll, I'll an actor will show up on her and I'll just fixate on that face I go God where have I I've seen them I've seen them somewhere else because it's obscure it's a small part or something. And it, it'll come to me, usually. Or once the movie's over, we'll, we'll check IMDb, we'll find that, that particular actor, and we'll look and see what they've done and where I might recognize them from, and then that usually, that usually hunts it down. So Amy 
was seeing something or uh, reading something about super recognizers and she told me that's you you are one of these people you have that kind of thing so maybe i am i don't know i haven't been diagnosed but you know maybe i am well i looked at that younger version of irene ryan or what was being claimed to be her and it didn't look right not saying that uh, uh irene ryan couldn't have been a lovely woman when she was younger it's just there were the chin didn't seem right the nose didn't seem right the eyes didn't seem right. It's just, I wasn't seeing Irene Ryan in that picture. So I began to look around the Google. And I was able to find, I'm going to kind of go through the steps that, I, that, that went. I may not have them all in the right order, but I was able to find uh, that, that younger actor, we'll just call it the, the young Irene Ryan for now. I was able to find that same picture without the inset of granny and in that little area with the inside of granny now the 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 act the irene the young irene uh ryan photo has a signature in the corner that was behind the granny image so that was now revealed there's a signature there and the photo itself is one of those eight by ten glossies you know that uh, a headshot that actors will use even to this day and so, in that image that I was able to find, it's the, it was too low res to be able to read the signature. But the first name did sort of, at that resolution, sort of looked like Irene. But the last name didn't, hmm, something, hmm. So I kept looking, and I found another uh, of that same image. Except this time, it was at a higher resolution, and it was easier to read the signature. And it definitely said Irene. The first name was definitely Irene. The last name is harder to read. To my eyes, it looked like it started with an H and then it ended with a Y. So I thought, okay, maybe this was a, a, uh, a headshot that, that, uh, I, that I, young Irene Ryan gave out before she was married to Tim Ryan. And that's her maiden name on there. Now, when I thought that, I thought, but the only thing is, she was born in 1902. She was married when she was 20, so that makes it 1922. That photograph, and you know, it, it does not look like it's from 19 from the 1920s. It looks more like it's from the 1930s or 1940s. And I judge that on makeup style, hairstyle. The, the, she was wearing an evening gown that you can see now. It's a headshot, but you can see you know, her shoulders, and it, it's it's an evening gown that just everything seems and even the the style of photography all points to 1930s, 1940s, not 1920s. So I think ah, I don't know, man. And now she could definitely be a 20-year-old in that picture. There's there are actors. There's uh, there's an actress uh, that's in Casablanca. She's 17, but you wouldn't really know it if you were told that yeah, she's actually 17. Yeah, she's playing somebody somebody who's young. But I won't get into that too much. But watch Casablanca. It's a great movie. Anyway, <clears throat> so then I looked up what was her maiden name. Her maiden name was Norblet, Norblit, Norblet, whatever. You know, it was something like that. And that didn't look like that in the photograph. It looks like it starts with an H, ends with a Y. Couldn't quite tell the letters in between. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not buying the, that this is who that is. 
It's I, I'm not buying that this is young Irene Ryan. So I did another little Google search. I put in 1930s actress Irene H. And I found Irene Hervey. H-E-R-V-E-Y. Irene Hervey. And I found some pictures of her that were not that same one uh, on the, my initial search. Not that same photo. But I found some that some sort of looked like that photo. Some didn't. I also searched for young Irene Ryan. Other pictures of her. And the ones that were pretty clear that were her, like where she's posing with her husband, you can see Granny in there. You can see there's the, the, the chin area is, is smaller than what Irene Harvey or Hervey had. So I was like, okay, I think I'm, think I'm on it. And then I, I did find at some point there's a Pinterest. Uh, there was an image that is of that uh, initial photograph uh, uh, said to be young Irene Ryan, which I think is young Irene Hervey. And it, you know, the Pinterest and a little description underneath said, Irene Hervey slash Irene Ryan. So, I, it's not the most satisfying ending to my research, but I'm pretty certain that that's not, what you're seeing there is not Irene Ryan as a younger woman. You're seeing Irene Hervey, who is not an actor that, uh, that, you know, that many people know. I never heard of her. But that doesn't mean some people haven't. It's just she wasn't one of the big stars, but she she made some movies in the nineteen thirties and forties, and that's what she looks like. And I I don't know. This is one of those weird things that come up in, in on the internet. When somebody sees this picture, they were told that that's Irene Ryan. Oh, that's the woman who played Granny. Wow. Let's put in a little inset of Granny over there, and let's just conveniently put it over the signature. So I could be wrong. It could be her, but I, I doubt it. And uh, and again, to the person whose thread I was doing this on, he, he, he this person shared the image, and I started doing it. Said I don't think that's her. And then I started going through and putting in my steps and putting in little bits and pieces there. And then at some point, I said, I hope you don't mind that I'm doing this, but I'm determined to see if I can track this down. And then when I got to the end, and I said, well, you know, and the guy said, hey, good work. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what the hell is that? Should I take my next break? Why the hell not? <laughs> so that's using some skepticism, using the internet, and I again, I'm not a hundred percent on my conclusion, but I'm pretty much like ninety nine percent that that's that's not Irene Ryan, and that it's likely that it's Irene Hervey. Again, I could be wrong. But I'm right that it's time for my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I will return. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. 
Oh, look what I got. Wait till you see the bike we got for Jake. It is the coolest thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech Language Hearing Association. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up! Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You know, it occurs to me uh, when I did my show notes for last week's show, um, I I did a, I called an audible. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't call an audible really uh, when I did the show. I thought if I can get to it, I'll get to it, and I did get to it, which was the pull the other one thing. I talked about that pull the other one thing. And then I did up the show notes, and I posted them, and then I looked back at the show notes, and I realized I didn't write anything about the pull the other one section of the show. Sometimes I don't put everything I talk about into the show notes, but I should have put something there, like the links and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I think I'll do that in this week's show notes. I'll put it right at the beginning saying, hey, I forgot to link to these two things about the pull the other one, and I'll put in a couple of links, like the, the scene from the um, scene from... Monty Python and the Holy Grail that I was talking about, and then uh, you know, the song by Squeeze, uh, Annie Get Your Gun, and maybe a link to the um, uh, pull the other one, where that, what that's all about, and all that. So, sorry, it just you know, I was get, I was I was hurriedly getting my show notes done, and I just completely forgot that segment, and I th- and I listened back to the show, and just to make sure that did I talk about pull the other one? It seems like I did, <laughs> which is which is weird because you see, through the week. I rehearse, for lack of a better way of putting it, I mean, to euphemistically put it as uh, I talk to myself about the show, what I'm going to talk about on the show. So I'm I'm rehearsing the bits that I'm going to talk about. And I thought, did I actually talk about it? Or was it just me going through what I would talk about when I talk? That's something that I worry about on this show. <laughs> like the very next week, I talk about the same thing I talked the week before, and I don't realize that I had talked about it the week before. So I'm, that's why I, re- I listen back to my shows, is make sure that I don't repeat myself immediately. Sometimes I'll touch back on topics that I've talked about before in the past, because sometimes it needs to be. For instance, I mentioned certain uh, alternative medicine thing before, so let me tell you this story. I'm back working at the uh, silk screening shop, and the office manager and I, uh, yesterday, uh, Friday, uh, which was Friday, we had just an easy day. It was a quiet day. We had a little bit of work to do. We were doing the work, but then we spent much of the day just kind of talking about things, whatever, you know, about the horrible co-workers we had in the past working at the same place, you know, this horrible, I I mentioned it last week, this, this other fellow that was the office manager at the time that was 
a big reason for me wanting to get out because it was just too goddamn frustrating because he didn't pull his weight. And there were other reasons, but, you know. And now that, you know, I say, you, you know, this guy's a really good guy to work with. And I, I said, you know, we've got the best office team we've ever had. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. And, uh, and, and we just, just, we just had a day. It was quiet and relaxed and, uh, put out some fires earlier in the week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so some things just went wrong and, uh, but we got those all behind us. Everything's taken care of. Customers happy. We are, you know, so we move along. And anyway, <clears throat> so of this new car, uh, office manager that I work with, uh, this was a, I don't know, this was a couple weeks ago. And I think it was after Edna had her incident with that other dog. Uh, and I don't know, I, it's just, I just, one morning I was just, I was just feeling anxious. It just had that feeling. I don't know if it was, uh, uh, uh in response to any certain thing going on, I don't know what caused it. I just, oh, I was just feeling anxious, and I, I mentioned it to him. I, said, I don't know what it is. I just feel anxious today. And he said, "Well, do you want you want some calm down medicine?" He says, "He says it's over the counter uh, calm down stuff." Uh, I said, "I've got some here. You know, it, you know, it's it's nothing. It's not super strong or anything, but you know, it's it's it might work. It might help." And so he reaches in his drawer and he pulls out this little blister pack. Of, of pills and he hands them to me and I look at it and I thought for and I honestly I thought about it and I thought geez I don't know um, I said you know I, th I think I'll I think I'll pass I said because I take other medications and I don't know if this might interact with my other medications so rather be safe I'll just you know I'll just deal with this anxious feeling and eventually it went away but you know I think I, I think I, sh I think I should pass because I don't know if there might be something happen because it doesn't I don't react well to this 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 com combined with whatever the other medications I'm taking and and he said oh that's probably wise you know so okay well thanks and it at the same time he's he's having major allergy stuff going on his sinuses are all plugged up he's got you know he's got this headache he's, he's sneezing a bit he's blowing his nose he's trying to get you know his eyes are watering he's trying to concentrate on his work he's just going god damn and he says i forgot my allergy medicine at home he says i have some of this nasal spray stuff but he has this other stronger i guess you know pill form medicine that at home that he takes to help deal with these allergies he says ah oh, you know it's just happens to me every couple times you know a couple times a year where it just gets really bad and just you know I take these meds and it helps wet, you know get him through it. And <clears throat> so as the day goes along, he uh, he's, he's just oh, I can't take this. Uh, so I, I'm going to head on down to Whole Foods. There's a Whole Foods market not too far. See if they got anything. And, All right. Yeah. So he went off, gets stuff, comes back, and he comes in and he and I said, "What'd you get?" And he hands me this box that he got the stuff, and I look at it. And it's some allergy medicine. And I look and I look toward the bottom of the packaging and it says homeopathic. And in another thing of that, uh, there's a logo for the uh, for the company that makes the homeopathic product. There's a logo on there. And I recognize the logo as being the same logo on the back of the blister pack of the calm down pills that he offered me earlier. So <clears throat> uh homeopathy <laughs> there's nothing in it uh, I, I looked at that and I handed him back and I said well 
I won't tell you what I think of these. <laughs> I <clears throat> I just left it, and he says, "Oh, I know." It's just, he says, "Sometimes I just, you know, I'll, I'm I just well, I'll try anything just to make it, you know, make it work." I don't believe they worked for him. Uh, I didn't follow up with him. I didn't ask him about it. I didn't, you know, bring it up. I, maybe I should have said, "Look, I won't tell you what I think of these now, but if you're interested, once you're past all, once you, once the allergies have settled down for you, and you want me to, uh, I'll tell you what I think of this." But until then, you know, I didn't, I didn't offer, and I haven't said anything to him. But I'm telling you what I think of it. It's nothing. He wasted whatever money he spent on that. It's nothing. Uh, homeopathy, in case you don't know, I want to make sure I have enough time. In case you don't know what homeopathy is, uh, maybe you're a newer listener to my show and haven't heard me talk about homeopathy before. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you the lowdown. This is as I understand it, and I think I've got a pretty good handle on this thing. I've watched uh, James Randi give talks about it. I've read articles on it, you know, in the Skeptics Dictionary and, and all that kind of stuff about homeopathy. What homeopathy is, is uh, this fellow named Samuel Hahnemann in 1796 had this idea that uh, there's two principles to this homeopathic medicine. One is that like cures like, and that super minute amounts of the like is really potent. And the, the more minute the amount is, the more potent the medicine is. So in the like cures like aspect, that is, and the best example to give, and I've done this before, is uh, if let's say you're having trouble sleeping. So you get a homeopathic sleeping pill. Now, the active, in quotes, ingredient in, in, in quotes, the medicine might be caffeine, which you're thinking, hang on, caffeine, that's, that's a stimulant. That's going to keep you awake. That's not going to help you sleep. But ah, Samuel Hahnemann would say, well, that's why once you use the homeopathic uh, method of, 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 of processing that active ingredient, it then something that would normally stimulate you and keep you awake will actually help you sleep. And I should bring this in. There is seriously, I was uh, there's there's a there's a sleep medicine, homeopathic sleep medicine that actually doesn't doesn't use caffeine. What it uses is an owl feather. It puts an owl feather in a tiny part of an owl feather into the. In, I'll go through the process of how the stuff is made. But it puts an owl feather in because owls are nocturnal animals. Most of them, if not all of them. I'm not an expert. Craig, are all of them nocturnal? Anyway, <clears throat> Craig's uh, my birder friend. Well, he's my friend who happens to be a birder. Just, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, so that's yeah. Owls are up at night, and you're trying to sleep at night. So take this owl feather, and I'll, I, 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 I swear I'll see if I can find it. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but uh, this is was, this was something that was shown to me by uh, one of the Minnesota skeptics. So he says, this is for real, and he shows it to me. So I'll see if I can find it. Maybe I'll reach out to him and see if he can help me find it. Anyway, so what, what do they do with homeopathy? How do they make it work? What's the deal? Well, what they do is, is let's say, we'll just do this in easy numbers, <coughs> or easy words. <laughs> However, you get a gallon of water. Right? It's clean water. You get this, and then you, then you get a, a sterile eyedropper. Right. Then you get some liquid caffeine, you know, caffeine in liquid form. And you take the eyedropper, and you take a, a drop 
of the of the uh, of the caffeine, right? You take a drop of it and you drop it into the gallon of water. Boop, you get in there. And then you take that gallon of water and you shake it one way and you shake it another way and you shake it. You know, and I think there's a number of ways that you shake, you know, a number of times that you shake it each way or whatever. And that's called succussing. Okay? So you do that. All right. So once you're finished succussing that first gallon, you get another gallon of, of clean water. And then you take a, another sterile eyedropper and you take some out of that first gallon and you put a drop of that into the next gallon and you shake that up and you do this 30 times and you get a strength of 30 C. Of course, by the 13th time or the 20th time or whatever, having a molecule of caffeine in that in that gallon of water becomes less and less likely until it's you're not going to have one. There's not going to be any caffeine in the water. Not, you're not going to be able to discern that there's caffeine in there. But because of the succussing, the water remembers that the caffeine was in there. Huh? And then they take that and they put it onto a pill or they, they, you know, they get it, however they get it into the pill form, they, they put that in there. So whatever the sub, whatever the pill's made out of, some sugar or whatever, and you take that. And, you know, you take their cold medicine, you take that, and in seven to ten days, the cold goes away. Cured. Works every time. It's just, it's, 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 it's magic. It, all it is is magic. There's nothing in there. There's nothing to it. And 30C is just one of the more common strengths. They go even farther than that. They'll do it a hundred times. They'll do it a thousand times. They'll just, they'll just keep doing it. And I mean, really, the most potent homeopathic medicine might be walking through an aisle at Walgreens where there's homeopathic medicine on the shelves, which, by the way, uh, a skeptics group is suing uh, um, Walgreens and, and, and CVS for having uh, um, not medicine on the shelves alongside of medicine, presenting, lying to the customers, presenting homeopathic remedies as medicine, because it's not, it's magic. All right? they're, they're suing them to get them to take this, these things, these products out of their stores. Because they don't, they don't work, they don't do anything, they're nothing. <laughs> now, the warning should be, because they fall under the supplement uh, category, the government oversight of supplements is not as strict as government oversight over drugs, actual drugs. The FDA, uh, there's, there's, the FDA has a much more stringent and uh, uh, thorough uh, vetting process for drugs than it does for supplements. And so you could have a, a company making homeopathic remedies that doesn't follow the exact homeopathic method. So you might have a trace of the actual thing in there. You might. Or you might have something else in there that isn't good. So, you know, you got to be careful of that. Because James Randi used to do speeches and he'd talk about homeopathy. And he would stand up, uh, uh, he'd start off his show, his, his talk, I should say. And he'd open up a bottle of homeopathic sleeping pills and he'd take the whole thing. 30 pills. And he'd do his talk. And he never yawned once. <laughs> he's, then he, he's not tired at all. But that 
can be something you got to be warned about. A friend of mine, as I mentioned him, Craig, had said, well, you know, you got to be careful in, in telling people that they could take a whole bottle of it because there could be something in there that could be dangerous because it, the oversight, the government oversight, in America anyway, is not as strict as it is on actual drugs that actually work. You know what they call alternative medicine that works? They call it medicine. Okay, <clears throat> that's an old phrase in skepticism. So, when I saw that it was a homeopathic remedy, I thought, well, <laughs> well, uh, this ain't going to work. And the calm down pills weren't going to work for me either. Uh, it's just... But part of the it, part of being a skeptic is to is to it, you know try to I I, did, I know I didn't say anything to him other than I won't tell you what I think of this which was saying something to him uh, giving him saying that I have my doubts about this uh, that is kind of saying that you know pull the other one <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I probably should have been a little more forthcoming and saying, you know, there's, this isn't going to help you because there's no medicine in this. There's nothing that, that will help your allergies in this. Whatever would be the active ingredient isn't actually in here because they've, they dilute it out of existence. It's, I mean, you know, not existence in the universe, but I mean, within that, in that pill, it's all diluted out. There's nothing there. It's, it's not even there. So you, you, you know, you'll get better because your body will deal with it and you'll get through it. Or you know, you, or you go home and you take this, the actual medicine that you get. You'll take that, and it says you should have gone to Walgreens, but instead of Whole Foods, because I think it's more likely that Whole Foods would have the silly nonsense stuff than Walgreens. But you would think that, but no, they do. Walgreens has the homeopathic stuff on there. I walk down those aisles and I see the homeopathic stuff and I just shake my head. You're supposed to be caring about the health of people, and this is just this is just bullshit. <clears throat> well, let's see. Which do I do at this point? I can do. Uh, I think I can do them both. I'll do it quick. On Facebook, somebody asked me why is it called Dimland Radio, and I did explain it through Facebook. But I thought I, you know, it's, it's, I was asked, and I know I've talked about it on the show before, but I might have some new listeners, a, a new listener, who knows how many, but <laughs> I don't have many. But, the okay, I went to art school in 1983. Uh, the group that I hung with, one of the guys in the group, uh, just thought it would be funny one day to change everybody's first name from whatever it was by just changing the first letter to a D. So... Lou became Do, Troy was Joy, Gene was Dean, and Jim was Dim. Right? And for some reason, Dim stuck. It just did. So people would call me Dim. My, my, my group in, in school would call me Dim. And others said, I didn't, it didn't bother me. It's just it's fine. It's, it's, it's a nickname. I don't mind it. I did a project in art school a little bit later in which I needed to do, which I, I made a little plaque that was like, this was discovered by. Dr. Dim, you know, and they put the doctor in there, and then came Dr. Dim. 
And so I graduated I graduated art school. Dim was always just kind of there. I did a comic strip that didn't get picked up by anybody, but the main character was called Dim. And when it came time to do a portfolio online that show my work or whatever um, and, and, a, and start up a blog site, my wife was setting it up. She says, what should we call it? And I just went, I don't know, um, Dim. Dimland. Let's just call it Dimland. I don't know. It just seemed to fit. So we called it Dimland. And then when it came time to do this, uh, this show that I'm doing here, this podcast or radio show, I mean, it started out as an internet radio thing, which I would do live on Saturday nights. Now I record them earlier, and I just post them on Saturday nights at ztalkradio.com. And, and then then I put this through, out through Podbean, out to wherever you get your podcasts. You can get Dimland Radio. And it's also taken on the idea that it's radio, because I do this like a, like a talk radio show. I don't edit I just, I sit, I pretend as though this is live, I get here, I have my notes on what I'm going to talk about, I talk about it like it's radio. Uh, some people do podcasts where they are able to sit down and, 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 and record it and then listen to it again and say, oh, I want to take that out and move this, take this out of there, or maybe even drop a little something else in there or whatever. I don't do that. I don't have the time, I don't have the equipment or the expertise, expertise to do such a thing, so I figured just handle it like radio and do it. Call it Dimland and... And in calling it Dimland, see, I have a friend who has a uh, has a podcast. It's like a video podcast that he does. It's on YouTube and other things. And I've never watched it, but judging by what he posts on Facebook, <clears throat> the name of his show could easily be changed to something that would say that the show is very, uh, I'll say, insipid, <laughs> vapid, uh, st- uh, uh, always on the wrong side of everything. <laughs> That's what I would say. <clears throat> just uh, any social issue, he'll be on the wrong side. Maybe not every one of them. Maybe there's a one or two he's on the right side. But <clears throat> so it's easily you can easily change the name of his show into being something I know, like I said, like insipid instead of what he calls his show. Right? Well, I've already beaten people to the punch. I'm calling it dim. So I'm already being self-deprecating. I'm trying not to take myself too seriously. Dimland Radio. So that's that's where it comes from. I hope you're happy now that you know. Do you ever have trouble hearing dialogue when you're watching a DVD or streaming a film at home? Do you? I mean, my boss, one of my bosses came up and asked me that. Do you ever have trouble? And I said, oh, God, do I ever have trouble. Because it's a thing. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen where people have posted and said, you know what we have to do now when we watch movies? We have to have the subtitles on. Movies that are in our language, the language I speak, I have to put the subtitles on because the dialogue is so quiet when com- in comparison to everything else in the, in the film. All the sound effects, like if it's a if it's an action film, all the explosions, the music is loud. It's just, but the dialogue. And so the boss asked me about that, and I said, "Yeah, I, I gave him a for instance. I was just watching just the other night, uh, in relation to him asking me this, I watched the last episode of Wandavision. Now I'm not going to give anything away about the show, you know, hopefully. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a moment toward the end of the episode where there's a quiet moment, dialogue-wise, between Wanda and Vision. And you can, you know, and I've already got the volume up, 
you know, because I needed to hear the dialogue before. And I, you, I, I, what are you guys saying? I'm catching some words. What? <laughs> it's like that. <clears throat> and then so I finished. I, I got the gist of it. I didn't have the subtitles on. You know, because I'm just so opposed to putting subtitles on. But then I don't want to turn it up so loud so that, you know, if, if Amy's trying to sleep, I got the damn TV up so loud. I'm constantly, up, put up the volume so I can hear the dialogue. Turn it down when the action sequences are taking place. Put the volume back up. up and you've you got to fight with it, and sometimes you miss it, and it gets real loud. And then Amy calls down, no, she doesn't do that. <laughs> just kidding. So, it, and so, I finished watching that episode. And I didn't want to go to bed yet. And I thought, oh, I'm going to watch an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Now, both of these shows are made for television. They're made for television. The, the Voyager episode is in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, and WandaVision is just, you know, last year was it, it first started streaming. And I watched the Voyager episode and I understood every single word. I didn't have to turn it up. I didn't have to turn it down. I didn't have to put subtitles on. I got every single word. Now, I mentioned this on the Facebook, and some people, a uh, fellow I know, linked me to some YouTube stuff where it's explaining some of what's going on here. And it's it's part of that video was talking about how actors kind of mumble now, and they you know so there's that, and and, I, and it did address a little bit of what I was concerned about. And it says, but no, that's not it. It's it's the mix. There's something wrong with the mix. When they put the sounds together, they for some reason they put the dialogue way down. It's just ugh. So when my boss asked me if I had problems with that, I said, "Yeah, I do." He said, "Do you have a sound bar?" I said, "No. We got a little stereo set up with five, you know, uh, five speakers. We've got the TV that has its two speakers." And we kind of use those in conjunction, you know, together, and to get a, a nice sound out of our TV viewing experience. And he says, "Get this one soundbar." He told me about it. He says, "He says it's regularly like three hundred bucks, but it's on sale now for two hundred. And if you use this promo code, you get seventy dollars off. So it's you can get the thing for pretty reasonable." And I, I, I said, "Okay, we'll try it out." And it works. <laughs> We got it for less than 150 bucks. We got it hooked up. So we use that sound bar for the dialogue. We got that set up. You can set it for dialogue you know, settings. You could do that and turn the volume up to where it's comfortable. We use the other speakers to you know, set the mix ourselves so that the music and the sound effects fit well and the dialogue is understandable and it works. But why should we have to do things like this? Couldn't they... Shouldn't they know how to mix this stuff so that you can understand the dialogue? Forcing viewers to put, you know, put shows that are in their language to put the subtitles on? Something seems wrong there. Something Good seems night. wrong. Good oh. doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Gosh, the end of another show has snuck up on me. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Be nice to each other if you can. <clears throat> if you can't, just be quiet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off.
check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.